Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Remember a few weeks back I shared the story about small Jerry a young man that came to to approach me when I was preaching at Poch. Um, and he's and he was really just crying because he knows all the deep spiritual truths and his friends can't speak to him about it. And we all just recognize but there's something wrong. We just you just sense that intellectual pride. You know, you know, I read all this book, Augustine and the Church Fathers Calvin. I'm really there and all my friends are there. Woe is me. You know? And and there's something about that that we can agree that that doesn't sound right, you know. Um if we take knowledge to elevate ourselves to a place of strength. Okay. But if you if you go on the internet and you Google, you, you get stuff, you get Everything is about knowledge. Three things people in their thirties should do to help them prepare them for when they will be grandparents. All right. Um, eight mistakes people make in their thirties. Have you seen those things? Some of those things are good to read. Um, I've got a book on my shelf. Nine things every leader must do. Very good book, Henry Cloud. I think um, this is the era of knowledge. Uh, well, that that that's actually a lie. It's it, it's come all along through the ages. Back in the, in the, in the times of the Corinthian church, we're quickly going to refer to it. You had this thing where the Greek people would stand up in the public square, the Greeks, and they had a massive thing about knowledge. They would stand up and they would present, they would present, um, what they would call, um, rhetorical, rhetorical speech. All right. And what they would do is they would engage people. They would play with language in such a way that they would bring forth, uh, uh, emotions and, and convert their listeners up to the place where they want them to be. They were excellent, excellent speakers. And even since then, the knowledge was highly, highly exalted by those people. And Paul came and he said, I did not come to you with those words. That's what we're going to read now. And, um, as I was speaking to Brown just the last few weeks preparing for his sermon and, and we also just spoke afterwards, this one thing we agree on. We said, it would really be a shame if a preacher presents biblical content, biblical truth with arrogance. Right? That, that would really be a shame. We've got Paul writing in the book of Timothy, I think he says, I am the chief of sinners. I'm the worst of all. Christ Jesus came for me. You sense the humility. You sense his heart of low, lowness as he, as he comes in and he says, here is the truth. All right. And so far be it from us, those of us that God is raising up as teachers and presenters, that we ever take the knowledge of the gospel and add our arrogance to it. We've been saved by grace. Amen. Our eyes have been opened. He has shown us. He has led us. He woke us up from the dead. So that's the humility that should almost fill our hearts of ministry. Whether you're a small group leader, whether you're a small group a member, and you share something God taught you in your quiet time, let it be filled and saturated with humility. Amen? I'm almost giving you what I'm ending with, but let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 2 together, and we'll take it from there. 
And I, when I came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. Let me just quickly pray here. Lord, I just invite you into this place, Holy Spirit, as we just read your word. Break it open for us, Holy Spirit. Let it settle in our hearts. Let it settle deep. We invite you just below the layers of our fears, below the layers of our anxiety, of our perception of what we've learned in our past. We just invite you in, Lord. You are so welcome, Lord. You are so welcome, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Right. Let's do that again. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 1. And when I came to you, brothers did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. At this moment, writing to a community with a lot of Jews who sought signs and a lot of Greeks who were fighting after knowledge, really lifting up knowledge and powerful speakers in the public place. And he's saying, I'm not coming in that heart. He says, and my speech and my message were not plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom. He's shifting a gear there. Verse 6, and we'll get to that. Now he's saying, yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom. Although it is not a wisdom of this age, or the rulers of this age, who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for they, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Last one. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Now, what I want to say is this message is probably going to walk over into next week's message. So let's see how far we get today. I just want to make a few statements, make three points, and get back to this. 
Let me just say this. It came out through worship. I wanted to minister on that, and I thought I'll leave it until now. No one can know God without the presence of God. Did you know that? You cannot know God without His presence. But there's something about the presence of God that freaks us out. All right? Often to come into God's presence, whether it is worship or in your room, it freaks us out because God always wants to move us. He never helps us to set up camp in our comfort zone. Okay? Because He's continually wanting us to grow to be more like Christ. He wants us to be transformed into the image of Christ. Are you with me? So God's presence, though it is sweet and it satisfies and saturates, there will be often a time of mild discomfort as he is helping you forward. Are you with me? Now what often happens is this place of discomfort, all right, is a place we want to escape from. And so what happens is we slowly but surely take even our spiritual lives amongst journeys that excludes the Spirit or the presence of God. Right? You can be in church, but you, you can dodge that place. Are you with me? Right? You can read your Bible, but you can dodge the place of His presence. Here's the thing. You will acquire scriptural knowledge. You would be able to maybe recite more scripture, but you cannot know Him without His presence. Because when he made his move, when God made his move, he sent a person for us to get to know. It is God's play. It is his plan. It will never change. He's not here, so he sent his spirit. Main job of the Holy Spirit is lifting up Jesus amongst people. The Trinity, they're not in competition. When you say, Jesus, you are beautiful, the Spirit says, yes, I showed you that. <laughs> Jesus, you are Lord. You can only say that, Peter, because the Spirit has shown you, not by flesh. Can you see that? So let me just say this. We're talking about the knowledge of God. It cannot be acquired or grown in without His presence. All right? And when I say presence... You can include into that, obviously, the Holy Spirit. He's the one that reveals Jesus to us. He's the one that opens the Bible. The devil knows Scripture. Christian atheists, they also know Scripture. They use it as a, as a bargaining and debating tool. The Bible in itself needs to be awakened in your spirit through the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Just want to say that before we go on. And so Paul says... He says, these guys are standing in the marketplaces. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to strip myself from lofty speech here. I want to make sure, because he's also a learned man. Paul has been around the block. He's, he's, he's grown up as a Jew. He knows his stuff. He says, I'm not going to use lofty words. I'm going to use the plain and simple gospel. And I'm going to show you, when I speak these words, plain, these guys come with long stories. Let me tell you what, there's a man that died for your sins. You must go on your knees and follow him. Maybe half of the people, boom, eyes open, spirit moved. Half of them say, what a foolish thing. 1 Corinthians, it says, message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Only when the spirit comes and brings it in, it becomes life. 
Are you with me? So he says, I'm not going to use lofty words. Here it is. Christ died for your sins. Will you follow him? Spirit work. Work amongst people. Someone says, I want to follow him. Boom, Holy Spirit has worked. Can you see that? That's a knowledge. The deep knowledge of God can only come through the Spirit. Who remembers this, this picture from the comeback? Oh, I love their stories. Can we, who remembers this? Oh, if, if, if you remember uh, this guy's name, cappuccino on me. Anyone? Hey, really? So my done a mile at work. Well done. So this guy was one of the first people in space, right? Goes up into space. Incredible story. Takes a team with him. Goes into space. Oh, it's amazing. Comes down. The conclusion of the people is there's no God. We went to space. We did not see him there. No jokes. We're laughing. That's how they thought. If we are on the first floor, surely he's on the second floor. And so they said, here it is. We've discovered it. There is no God. And then remember what we said. God is more like a writer of a book. And here's the thing. A writer can stand loose from his or her work, right? Unless the writer writes himself into the book. Are you with me? Next slide. And the word became flesh. This is a scripture that's been dwelling around this church this whole year. And the word became flesh and dwelled among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father full of grace and truth. Here's the thing. Humans. We don't figure God out. We don't go and find him in space. He sends him when the time is right. He sends the word. The word comes into our world. He is revealed. The same is true today. We talk about the knowledge of God. Number one, God is the revealer of himself to people. And so Paul could stand up amongst the Corinthians and say, I don't have to reveal God here. I don't have to be as eloquent a speech as that man standing there with all the people saying he's such a great speaker. Because here's the truth. In essence, I can speak the words, but if God does not touch the heart, it's all useless. He's the revealer of his truth. Let me show you some scripture there if you want to write it down. Romans 1 verse 19. It says, For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Can you see that? Next one, Matthew eleven twenty seven. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal. You can go to space. <laughs> You can main Samadrudi under the ground. At the end of the day, he reveals himself. Alright? He reveals himself to us. Check this out. This is this is amazing. This verse has got tremendous implication for our prayers when it comes to our friends that does not know God. Romans 3 verse 11. 
talking about the knowledge of God. No one understands. And no one seeks God. We often have the idea that the whole world is standing outside of a kingdom of God, banging, let us in, Lord. We want to worship you. We want to know you. We are so good. No, we are all walking away. Not one of us seeks him. Not one. Not you, not me. That's what scripture says. He's there and we are going in different directions until he reveals and bring us in. Can you see that? So, what is the impact for this before we go on missions? If we don't pray, we must stay. What is the impact on this person you love at work? I mean, you've been crying over that person not knowing God. Your time in prayer is so important because if you speak, he must take your words and open their eyes. Knowledge of God is always revealed by God. Is there a place for an arrogant preacher? No. I know nothing of God that has not been revealed to me. And so in humility... I wish to convey. I will boast in God alone. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Amen? It has been revealed to you. Don't be a brat. You know it, but you did not look for it. Amen? Number one, God reveals himself to humans. It's all over scripture. There's a veil. He must lift it. Amen. He holds the hearts of the kings in his hands. Let us be humble. What we learn, let us take it into our hearts. Let us pray it up to him. Let let us take a lowly position in arguments. Amen. So Paul, he writes to Timothy, he says these women that, that their husbands have died, they must marry again. Otherwise they talk too much. Okay, They must marry and have kids so they do something. Literally what he writes. Das waar is daar. Moet kinders kry. Sieve. Sieve kinders. Okay. He speaks to Timothy. He says, yeah, all these guys, they, they're preaching stuff that's not from God. Here's what I want you to do. Do the work of evangelist. Let them talk. Do the work. Follow God. All these people going around with schemes and genealogies. Let me tell you what you must do. Preach the gospel. Stay humble and stay on track. Amen? It has been revealed to us. As a young chauffeurian student, I was a football basher. Yes, because I believed that chauffeur was the best church in Stellenbosch. And so I went around the rooms of the race and telling people how wrong their churches are. <laughs> My heart started at a good place. I really wanted to see hearts changed. But I was an arrogant young student. And now I know why people did not listen to me. (laughs) 
But even in the public square, people talk about our church. They say something that is not true. They slander it. Just, just be humble. You know what? I'll tell you what. We really love Jesus. Come and see. And we care for you. Don't engage. We're not better than any other church out there. Amen? We must beware. <laughs> we think we stand. And then we fall. And we've learned it last while. Let us be humble. Let us know our place. He reveals himself to us. If you know a lot, be humble and grateful. God has shown you. Number two, this is going to shock some of you, but we can never fully understand God. Did you know that? Who knew that? You can never fully understand God. That sounds very negative. There's a lot of positives to it, but just follow me in this. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable even to David. Two chapters on. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. Why? We are finite. He is infinite. We have limitations. This has got nothing to do with our stupidity, although we are quite stupid. Look at the stuff we do in this world. But it's got more to do with the vastness of God. And he is just, okay. No, I see Old Testament. Okay, okay. Let's go on. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable. Are his judgments. Lord, why? I'm praying for this person for years. Every time I share the gospel, it's like I run into the why. Okay, I'll pray again. There's just never with God. You know what there is? Come into my presence again. We are created for relationship, not to have all the answers. Come in. And in his presence, you'll find stuff like peace and encouragement. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? We can never fully understand him. Colossians 1 verse 10, talking about the knowledge of God. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing. There's your upside in the knowledge of God. Ever increasing. If in this world, if, if someone comes to God with a perception, I really want to hide, I really want to be high, I want to know stuff, I want to tell people what's right. It's quite disheartening to know that every day when you come to God, He will show you something new. Okay? Because you want it all. <laughs> But every time you go to him, his promises, he will show you something new, which means you did not know it yesterday. Every day until you die. So you've got, I don't know, God knows the number of your days, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years of not knowing everything about God. And every morning waking up, finding something new. Why do we find this grace and almost sense the presence of God sometimes when some of these older men gray come and they start to talk about their love for God. And it, it, it is heavy on you. 
it, it lies on your head because you know this person have grown in the love. God has been showing them every day, increasingly so. Just a testimony out of my own life when it comes to this, to never fully know God. I remember God's love, all right, 18 years old. No, let me, let me leave that for the next point. Let's go on. You can never fully understand God. Are you with me, everyone? Send it, yeah, send you, send you, take your own time, you're wakker. We're going to coffee drink. We can never fully know God, but number three, listen up, we can truly know God. What this means is scripture that is true shows to us what is real about God. We can truly know who he is. Someone comes to me and say, your God does not love sinners. I can say, no, I know he does. I read it and I experience it. Do I know how much he loves sinners? I know it's a lot, okay? But how much is it? I cannot fully know, but I can truly know. Okay, I'm going a bit academic, but you need to switch on, all right? You need to understand this. It's going to be McDonald's eat pretty kerk. You can steak or cry. And all the men say, Amen. We can truly know God. Check this out. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. What do we know about God? Truly, He is love. Amen? Someone say, no, God is hate. No. He is love. Are you with me? We can truly know that. It was to show His righteousness no, because there's all these sin in this world, God must be sinful. No. We know He's not. He's righteous. We can truly know that. Are you with me? This is a message we've heard from Him and proclaimed to you that God is light. We know these things about Him. We can truly know His love. But fully, it grows. Let me give you an example. 18 years old, give my life to Jesus. Man, what a, what a morning in a charismatic church. When those people started to sing, I almost ran for the door. I was so scared. Uh, some people were singing in tongues and Talaga sing. Another guy was running with a flag. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> okay. One guy started to cry. Another guy came on top of him and cried. It was, it was crazy for me. And then the sweetest moment in my life washes over me. I go on my knees. I say, yes, Lord. If you asked me that day, did you experience the love of God? I would say, yes, 100%. I can tell you, God is love. One year later, I'm in Stellenbosch. We're doing Encounter 3. It's about the relationship of God, God the Father, also then Myself, a father in a home. And, and, and I was very emotional after that weekend. God really worked in my heart. And so we're in church, Stellenbosch, big church. And at the end, the pastor saying, is anyone who wants to give their heart to God? A young, young boy this age puts up his hand. 
No, I must not cry. <laughs> and his father takes him to the front. And you asked me that day, what did you learn today? I said something about the love of God. I did not know last year. Wow. In my heart, God speaks. He says, now go to your father. Now my dad and I, we have a great relationship now. We repaired it after that moment. I went to my dad. I said, I love you. And I hugged him. And God said, ah, now you're getting to understand. That was a few months later. You asked me, what did you learn about the love of God? Man, a lot of things in the last while. You see, we never fully know God. But we truly know him. And then it grows. Isn't that amazing? He teaches us. So Timothy says, when you, when you put an elder up in the church, let it not be a new believer. Yes, they can run and jump and shout, but let me tell you what, their knowledge of God is ever increasing. Give it time. Can they share the gospel? Yes, send them into the mall with a microphone or whatever. Let them go. But when it comes to leadership, let them grow a bit. Are you with me? We can truly know God. God reveals himself to humans. What does it mean to us? It means let us be humble with what we know. Let, let us go in into our inner rooms. We're in a sermon series called Deeper. You need to press in now. You need to move beyond McDonald's, all right? Where you are fed something at church, something at cell. You need to go in. All right, and say, Lord, here I am. I can stand up here after 30 minutes or one hour and I can take nothing out of it. Or you can pierce deep into my spirit. Reveal to me yourself. My eyes cannot find you unless you turn my face and show yourself to me. Are you with me? So how do we present the gospel to those at work? With great humility. And boldness, both. You're really going to get into trouble for doing this. You're really going to get into trouble. Listen to me. He loves you, but you have to stop where you're going. Can you see? Humility and boldness. There's no place for arrogance. We can never fully understand God. Let us be humble. Because you don't know today what you'll know tomorrow. And open your eyes because God is showing some things to people around you. And so every now and then in worship we say, is there anyone with something on their heart? And then my ears are open because I'm so limited. People come to the front and they break up open things so much better than what was into my heart. Normally it aligns because God is not confused, but he's showing something to someone else. And I don't have the full sense of it. So we do small group. And you open your eyes and your ears and you learn. He's constantly revealing and leading you. Amen? And then you can truly know God. There's things God is, there's things that, that, that is not. So let's just finish off by reading that piece in 1 Corinthians again. 1 Corinthians 2. I'm just narrowing it down. And my speech and my message were not plausible words of wisdom, Paul writes, okay, in an audience of people that can probably speak very eloquently, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. I relied on the Holy Spirit here, guys, is what he says. 
so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You should read this tomorrow. This should start to come alive. Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, but we impart secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages. Can you see that? The wisdom of this world and the wisdom of God. The wisdom of this world is not bad. It's not bad to know your stuff around Sussel. Don't blow up the town, okay? It's a bad idea. Don't throw animals into the power station. They catch fire and we don't have electricity. These things are important to know, okay? So you go to work tomorrow. Maybe you work at Sassel, maybe you're at school. You need wisdom one way or another to deal with a group of kids or to do calculations that looks like Hebrew writing, okay? <laughs> Everyone can sit in front of a book and figure that out. The head guy, the smartest guy in Sassel, Listen, his endurance and his studies should be acknowledged. Well done. But every man, if he sits, can get there. But what you can get tomorrow morning before work, you cannot get out of a book. The secret and hidden wisdom of God. That will direct you when the conflict breaks out at work. It's not found in a book. It's found in the heart of Christ that he gives to you tomorrow morning before work. It's the wisdom we seek. Amen. It's great to say, I know all these scriptures about God and I'm just entering into next week. But then it's great, it's great. But here is the powerful thing about the gospel. He changes you here. And if he really changes your heart, that wisdom starts to show when you go home. Because the last week you were fighting with your wife every night. Now you've encountered Christ and now something different happens in your house. That is the power of the wisdom of God. Now I can read many books and go home and still have conflict in my marriage. But if God can change my heart, then I'm better than the smart man because I'm a changed man. The gospel changes me. Let's just have that last slide up. We're talking about the knowledge of God. He reveals himself. We can never fully understand. Let us be humble. But we can truly know, so let us seek. Can you see that? Every day. Every day a bit more, Lord. As I increase in, in knowledge, Lord, let me increase in humility. As I know more, may I mean be more gentle. As I learn more, may I change. To be more like Jesus. Amen? That's how you can go deeper this week with Him. Let's stand up today.
Let's just take a moment. Let's not rush past this moment. Father, let us never be so wise that we do not consider the simple gospel, Christ who was crucified for my sin. So simple, yet so powerful. Such a simple truth. He died for you so hard. Now leave everything and follow Him. Father, there's a lot of people in this place that labors with diligence amongst the people they work, amongst their families. There's a lot of prayers that goes out every day. Prayers for friends and family and colleagues that does not know you, Lord. May we continue in prayer and may you open the eyes of those people we so dearly love. Lord, and then amongst us in our relationships and our marriages and there's always hope because you will show the way, Lord. And where there's tension and when there's depression, where there's anxiety, there's a door that has not been opened for Jesus. There's a place of rest you inviting each of us into. I just want to encourage you tonight. I want to be your greatest supporter. Cry out to Jesus. In every area of your life. Amen. Let Him satisfy you. Let him fill you to overflow. In him dwells the fullness of God. In Christ is every mystery and every treasure imaginable. There is nothing valuable outside of him. Maybe momentarily. What a waste of precious time. Thank you for the laborers in this place. Thank you for your people, Lord. And I just pray a blessing over them. Your kindness that it will reach their hearts. Your gentle but assertive voice leading them to life and away from sin, Lord. Your strong hand, Lord, where it's necessary, where they will hurt, where an area of their life will, will, will die, Lord. Be strong. Be loud, Lord. Be clear and help your people. You know what we need. I just want to make a general prayer tonight. If you, if you just really feel that you want to press in deeper, 
into your relationship with God, will you just put up your hand where you are standing? I'm just going to pray. You know deeper doesn't mean more exclusive. You know deeper means more humble, but full, satisfied. You know deeper means more bold, more bold to speak, yet so gently and full of love. Father, as hands are in the air, just asking, according to their faith, so let it be done. You say, draw near to me and I will draw near to you, Lord. You see it. You see these hands. Now take it, Lord. Take them into your courts and reveal ever increasingly who you are that they might be transformed to be more like you. You do it. We honor you in this place, Lord. This is about you. This is not about us. Shofar must become less. Jesus must become more. Werner must become less. I pray that the people in this town don't know me, Lord, but Jesus. May we serve like that. In the name.